Amen. Thank you so much, Kyle. Um, if you have your Bibles, would you open up to the book of Matthew chapter 5? We're going to wrap up a series. Um, the past four or five years, we've been doing a series that just attacks what I would call emotional issues, emotional challenges. Um, I don't know if you have emotions. If you do, then they are challenging. And we believe the scripture has a lot to say about that. And, and this year, we've just been hitting things like triggers. We've been hitting things like uh, decision-making, uh, dealing with difficult people um, or how I like to word it, people who deal with me. Um, just sometimes there's people that are just difficult and we, it attacks us emotionally. And today I want to talk about boundaries and developing foundational, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual boundaries that help us get healthier. And I want to read the scripture and just to just share something real quick that I feel like the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart right at the beginning, uh, I should say at the tail end of worship. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, reading from the New Living Translation, you have also heard our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows, you must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows, do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Let me just pause right there, because this all sounds quite weird if you don't know what they're talking about. This is, uh, if you've ever heard someone say, quote unquote, I swear to God, and they lay something out. Um, people would say in this day, apparently, they would swear to the Lord, or they would swear by heaven, or they would swear by earth, or swear by their head. <laughs> sounds odd. I swear by my head, the Tigers will win a game this year. All right, it's, it sounds very odd, but there are levels of vows and oaths that Jesus is talking about, and more specifically, he is hitting the people hard on the issue of just being a full yes person or a full no, no person, which is why we get to verse 37. You, you, know, you just hear like the sigh. Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. One of your translations might say, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I like the New Living Translation because it has like a hint of sarcasm to it. Jesus is like, stop making all sorts of vows because you're keeping none of them. Your yes isn't a yes, your no isn't a no, and just because you tag on by my head or by the earth or by heaven or by this or by that, just because you tag something on to the end of it doesn't make your failure to follow through on it any better. So how about this? Yes, I will or no, I won't. Anything else? The devil works with that. Anything else? So we're going to talk about boundaries. We're talking about yeses and nos this morning that I believe will give just a foundation to physical, emotional, mental, spiritual boundaries in our life that will help create us into healthier human beings. And before I do that, as we were singing that song, uh, Lord, You Are More Precious, I, I believe there might be a generation or two that might have never heard that song ever in your life, and that is a shame. Um, that song takes my soul back to the late 70s, early 80s. It is one of the most beautiful worship songs. And as we're singing it, Lord, You're Precious, I just felt like, I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to, to speak into somebody today. As we were singing how precious Jesus is, I felt like at least one person today, whether live stream or here, I think somebody needs to hear today, you are precious to Jesus. 
I just feel like somebody needs the, somebody in the room, I feel like just maybe they feel in their emotions, they feel forgotten by God. Or maybe they themselves, maybe you yourselves have said, who even cares about me any longer? Does God even see me any longer? And I just felt like the Holy Spirit just wanted to speak into you this. Yes, he's precious to us, but you are precious to God. You're precious to God. And if that's you, don't raise a hand. Um, would you send me a note? Just whenever I feel like the Holy Spirit leads, I want to know if this is hitting somebody, if this is meeting somebody with that. Would you send me a note? Because I want to know who specifically I could pray for. I'm not going to bring you up on the stage or, or plash you on Facebook. It was Joe. <laughs> no, well, unless it is Joe. Um, but if it's you, I just want to know who I could pray for. And we're going to keep it between us. But I just want you to know you are precious to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the day, this time. Lord, I thank you for uh, the change of the seasons and the warmer weather, God, the fact that we're seeing things bloom and things sprout, God. And I ask that you would just, Lord, let what we see in nature be happening within our lives, that our lives would be fruitful, our lives would grow, that some way, somehow, this morning, that your presence would transform us so that we don't walk away from this place the same way that we walked in, God. Make us more like you, Jesus. Challenge us and shape us. And Lord, specifically over this message, Lord, teach us about yeses and nos. Teach us, Lord God, to be a people of integrity that have the freedom to walk with the fullness of a yes and the fullness of a no, that we would be healthy, growing Christ followers, God, in everything that we say and do. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever sold anything on Craigslist? All right, let me rephrase that. Anybody make the mistake of selling something on Craigslist? Oh, my word. Uh, I remember when I first went into my, my venture of selling things on Craigslist, from video games to furniture to phones, whatever. Um, Craigslist is, if you need drama, live on Craigslist. And I was warned that if you sell things on Craigslist, life can get a little weird. And so I tried selling some furniture. And in fact, I bought a video game, um, that, that great Christian video game, Battlefield 3. Um, I bought it and I just didn't like it. Ethan didn't like it and it was brand new. So I'm just gonna sell it for what I bought it for. And I was warned that you would get strange requests. And all of a sudden, like for the video games, middle schoolers are sending me emails back. And they're like, I don't have any cash. I spent my allowance, but literally those type of messages, but I will trade you five gift cards. Couple are for Taco Bell, a couple are for KFC, and one for McDonald's. And I promise, I swear to God, we shouldn't say that. I promise that they have balances on them. I'm like, no. <laughs> All right, I'll throw in a $10 Walmart gift card. I'm like, no. I don't want that. And sure enough, you know, I'm just getting email after email from people that are just wanting, it's all middle schoolers and high schoolers trying to trade me the things they don't want for the thing that I don't want. And they're gonna get a fun game for them. And I'm gonna be stuck with gift cards at places that I really don't wanna eat. And then it got worse. Because I, I would start trying to sell like a couch, just trying to sell cell phones, that we got new phones, so sell the old cell phones. And then I realized when people saw my email, David K. First, they thought to themselves, what is K. First? They look it up. He's a pastor. Hey, I see that you're selling this couch. I'm a Christian too. What's the Christian discount? Oh, one of my favorites. 
hey, since I'm a Christian over here in this particular city, I won't pinpoint the city, I'm in this city, and since I'm a Christian, maybe you can give me a discount because you're a pastor and that would be your heart. And because you only work on Sundays, you have the time to drive it over and drop it off. It was Jay. And so I came out with a new email address that doesn't disclose my vocation, who I am. It has my initials. I won't tell, tell you what they are just in case I'm selling you something on Craigslist. That became my boundary for the drama. That became my little boundary to keep me from awkward conversations um, of where I, I would write back, hey, this is as low as I'm gonna go. Why wouldn't you go lower? You're a Christian. Why would you go lower? You're a pastor. I'm like, why are you trying to swindle me? You're a Christian. Oh my word, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, it's so crazy. Let's not talk about um, Facebook Marketplace. That's its own, it's its own level of weird right there. Boundaries. What's a boundary? For me, an email is a simple boundary on Craigslist, but we all need some sort of boundaries. Uh, I, I quickly went to that great Christian website, Google, and I looked up the definition of boundary, and it's just simply this. Something such as a river, fence, or imaginary line that shows where an area ends and another begins. It is a, a something, river, fence, imaginary line, that shows where an area ends and another begins. We all believe in boundaries. I believe that boundaries are a very good thing um, from um, boundaries that you might have in your yard. Some of you have an invisible fence um, that is in your yard to keep your animal in there. And let me just tell you things that some youth pastors do, I'm not saying it was me, uh, that have put on those shock collars and went across those boundaries. Don't do that because they hurt. <laughs> different story for a different day. And then we all have boundaries that we have relationally. We all have personal boundaries. Have you ever met somebody that just doesn't honor personal boundaries? I had somebody in my life, uh, Seinfeld will call them close talkers, uh, that would just, they have to talk with you with, with your nose to your nose. And I had somebody in my life at one point in our first church that we served years ago, and she would come and she would talk to me nose to nose. And so as we're talking, I would do this. So I'd just kind of rock the foot and then lean back a little bit. And all of a sudden, just take a step back. And what she would do is she would take a step forward. And if you did a time lapse of the church lobby, you would just see us doing this the entire journey through the church lobby. Boundaries, we need boundaries. Boundaries are important. And some of us in the room have had bad experience with boundaries. Maybe you have experienced hurt in your life because of the lack of boundaries. Maybe you set up boundaries in your life, maybe just personally, maritally, uh, maybe just in relationships with family or friends and those boundaries backfired. Uh, maybe you fell victim to somebody that all of a sudden when you thought you had a closeness that somebody threw up the boundary. Uh, maybe, maybe you were told, like I was told at one point, that boundaries are unchristian that it's not Christ-like to have boundaries. And I wish we had the time this morning to talk about how Jesus, sometimes he was with the crowds, sometimes he went with the 12, sometimes nine of them got annoying, he went off with the three, and sometimes he said, I, I need a break from all of you, and he went off by himself. We could talk about Christ and boundaries. And, but yet there are some of you in the room, and maybe, maybe even watching, that you think of Christianity, and Christianity is nothing but boundaries. 
that all we talk about are boundaries of what we can't do. And we live in this world and this culture of thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But you've just had these bad experiences. And if that's your view of Christianity, I, don't, I just want to apologize because I think you've been sold short with the yeses that Jesus gives in regards to the no's that we live in. And when it comes to boundaries that we have in Christianity, because I do believe I need to speak to that, uh, just real quick, biblical boundaries, they are not there as restrictive fences to keep you from enjoying life. Boundaries that God gives us are gifts from him because he cares for us. The boundaries that God gives, and I believe that we have two types of boundaries that God gives. God gives us general boundaries, boundaries that apply to everybody, like don't commit adultery, how many of you believe that's a great boundary? One hand. Thank you, Jamie. God bless you, bro. God bless you and your marriage. Um, how, how about do not lie, do not steal, don't cheer for the Packers. There's just boundaries that Jesus calls us all to live in and to operate in. And yet there are specialized boundaries for which there are things that God may give me the freedom to do that he doesn't give you to do because of a background, because of your history. There could be addiction in your life. There could be patterns and things that are just not good for you to be in. We get boundaries. But I believe that the boundaries that the scripture gives all of us are not there to stifle your life. They're not there to make your life life miserable. They're there. God gives boundaries because he loves us. I mean, when we, have our, when we have kids around, we give boundaries to our kids. Is it because we want to see them miserable? Sometimes. But we do it because we love our children. There is a great book, and, and the book has got a great title. The title is Boundaries. And the book is by Dr. Henry Cloud, and he writes an amazing book. In fact, Janice took a, did an entire class on boundaries, and he says this, boundaries aren't to shut other people out, they hold you together. Boundaries are there. It's not to shut people out, they're there to hold you together. And so when it comes to boundaries, I want you to understand boundaries. Boundaries are a mental, emotional, physical, and a spiritual matter. If you don't believe me, live life without boundaries. Let anybody speak into your life, say anything into your life, keep, um, let anything come into your life, flow into your life, throw, flow out of your life. Boundaries are a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual matter. Absolutely a spiritual matter. You need to have some boundaries there because that helps guard your heart. David says that in the Psalms, guard your heart above all things. Boundaries, I already alluded to it, are incredibly personal and individual. I will say that I've had certain boundaries in my life because of my family background. I have got a family that has alcoholics. I've got a family that has, drug, that has drug users. And there's certain things that I've never allowed in my life to even try because I saw family members doing it and I saw the amount of addiction in our, in our bloodline and I just simply said, that's just simply not for me. Things are personal and things are individual. And thirdly, boundaries are incredibly complex depending on the topic. The topic can create different levels of boundaries for individuals. And just because God may give you a boundary, it may not be my boundary. And when I thought about this, I went back to a very good friend of mine. He is a missionary and pastor over in the Ann Arbor area. He works with the University of Michigan as a campus pastor. And I remember he spoke to our youth group back when I was in high school and he got up and he said, listen, let me speak to all you high schoolers. I'm engaged right now, but I won't even hold my fiance's hand because I do not want to defile her body. And I'm holding my girlfriend's hand. I'm like, well, I'm not stopping what I'm doing. 
And if I, I'm like, defile? I'm like, are you living in the book of Leviticus? What are you talking about? And then he began to tell a story and he gave his context and he talked about how frivolously he lived with his body and with his life prior to coming to know Jesus. He's actually from the Portage area. And I remember he came here years ago and shared and Nino just began to share that he had gone to such an extreme with his life that when he gave his life to Jesus, that he not just took what the scripture said seriously, but he listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit that said, I had such a lack of self-control in one area that until I get married, I'm gonna put up a boundary as to protect my heart, as to renew my, my purity and to make sure that I'm living right before the Lord. I love that. And I, for years, have had amazing respect for that man and watching how God has used his life at the University of Michigan. Go blue. Matthew chapter five, this little sliver that I read you is part of perhaps the greatest sermon that has ever, ever, ever been preached. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. If you've never read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, I would encourage you, if you've never done a Bible study before, start a Bible study, Matthew chapter five, verse one. Start there. And you can spend a year or so just studying the Sermon on the Mount. There's so much goodness. And what the Sermon of the Mount does, it's Jesus' word to us, word to these people, helping them to understand how to live a full life in God, how to understand God, how to understand his heart, how to view ourselves, and also how to live life with proper boundaries. And what he was dealing with when it came to the, to the people that he was speaking to, he is dealing with people that didn't know how to keep commitments. Do you have somebody in your life that doesn't know how to keep a commitment? No pointing, please. No hands. We all know people like that that struggle with commitments. And some people, it's not just a struggle to keep commitments. Some of us, some of us struggle in making too many commitments because we don't know how to say yes and we don't know or we don't know how to say no. And so he gets into this discourse in verse 33 where he's like, listen, you've heard it from our ancestors. In other words, this is not something that has just happened. This has been happening for generations that you are swearing, you're making oaths, you're making commitments and you tag on to it some sort of statement to give an emphasis, to give some sort of assurance, but he breaks it down to verse 37 where he just simply says, let's just make it simple. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. And let that be the clarity of your commitment because your integrity doesn't have to be defined by what you attach it to by heaven, by earth, by your head. That is still a weird statement to make. But instead of trying to add something onto it, be the man or woman of integrity that God has already called you to be by being a yes person or a no person and live in that place. Because a clear yes and a clear no is the foundation for healthy boundaries in relationships. Let me say that again. A clear yes and a clear no is the healthy foundation for boundaries in relationships. Sarah Gilman, she did a TED talk. She talks about yeses and noes, and I love what she says. She says, your yeses and noes are what boundaries are made for. Your yeses and your noes are what boundaries are made for. But can I tell you, of all the people I know that struggle with yeses and noes, do you know who struggles the most that I've talked to? It's Christians. Because when it comes to our yeses and our noes, we struggle saying no sometimes. Because saying no, well, pastor, God doesn't say no. Really? 
Oh, I just can't say no. I want them, I want them to see Jesus. And believe me, I want your friends to see Jesus. I want to be clear. I want your friends to see Jesus in your life. But we serve a God that says both yes and no. He is the God of the yes. And, if, and when you're like, well, what does God say yes to? Have you ever heard people say, does God love me? Does God even care about me? Does God notice me? Is there any hope for my future? Is there any hope for the brokenness of my life? Is there any, is there any joy out there? Can I have the possibility of peace? And I would say there is a resounding yes. Can I preach a little bit this morning? There is a resounding yes in one name. And as the scripture says, it's one name under heaven by which all men are saved. And his name is Jesus is God's yes. And so when you're wondering, does God, does God have a will or a, or a dream or a vision for my life? The answer is yes in Christ Jesus. Can there be hope for my future? Can I have something rescued in my life from my past where I'm no longer anchored to what I have been? It's yes in Jesus Christ. You need healing in your life. Can there be any hurt or healing for the fracture in me? The answer is yes in Christ Jesus because the resurrection tells us that there is always a yes going out to us for the hurting and the longing of our souls there is a yes and some of y'all in this room you've never said yes to Jesus and I'm here to tell you that when you are hurting your most God gave you a yes in Jesus Christ but he's not we don't just worship a God of yes we worship a God who says no he does say no because he loves us he adores us if you want to give a couple examples of no uh, Jesus gave some no's in fact, you can just go back a couple chapters. In fact, one chapter, Matthew chapter four, Jesus is dealing with um, temptation. He has been fasting for 40 days and, and 40 nights. I'm telling you what, I'd be pretty hangry at that point. And Satan comes up and he begins to tempt Jesus. And we always get tempted when we're at our weakest. And what does Jesus do whenever Satan offers us something? He simply says no. I believe it's Mark chapter five. There's a man that was healed of demons. This guy had demon possession. He is completely set free. Jesus delivers him and he says, Jesus, dude, I wanna hang out with you now. I, I wanna hang out with the rest of these guys. I wanna be mentored. I wanna, I wanna grow. I wanna just be with you all the time. And you know what Jesus says? No. Wow, was Jesus a jerk to him? No. Because what Jesus told him, Jesus gave him a note. He says, no, you need to stay here. And you need to live your life out with the people who know you well. The people who need to see your freedom are the people who have seen your slavery. They need to see it and let that testimony transform your life and transform their life. There's sometimes Jesus gives us a no, not because he hates us or despises us, not because he's making us miserable, because his plans are way better, better than our plans will ever be. What about Peter? Peter packs a sword. And you go, and in the Garden of Gethsemane, everybody, these people show up to arrest Jesus. Can I take a little side note here? When I think about what Peter did with that sword, do you remember the story that these guys went to arrest Jesus and Peter launches out and cuts off a guy's ear? I, I'm stepping back, I'm thinking, could you guys have not grabbed a more accurate person to wield the one weapon that you had? What were you aiming for, Peter? His chest, his head, his leg? Don't tell me he was aiming for, for that guy's ear. If that's the case, the most accurate guy in the world. But Peter, what are you doing, dude? And did Pete, so he sliced off the ear. Jesus licks it, sticks it back on. It's not really what happened, but <laughs> no idea where that came from. Jesus heals the man's ear. 
And then he looks at Peter and he says, no, that's not my way. That's not the way we do things. Jesus is the God who gives us yeses and noes. And there's two things I wanna give you today. First of all, sometimes we can learn more in God's no than we can in his yes. Sometimes we can learn more in God's no for our life. And listen, God's no is not always about sin. Many times, if not all the time, God's no is not our best because some of us are investing in good things and not in the best things. And Jesus wants the best for your life, for his honor and for his glory. And there are times he says no, not because it's sin and not even because it's hurtful. It's because he's got a plan and a bigger plan for your life than you could possibly imagine. God gives you no's. And other times God gives you no because it is sin. Thought I'd get maybe one amen in there. God gives us a no because it is hurtful. God gives us a no because it is harmful for our lives. God gives us no. And at the same time, every no that God gives me gets me excited for the future yes that he will give me. Because if he gives me no on, on a direction, it gets me excited because I know there is a yes to another direction. God's got a yes in store, but I have to learn to celebrate his no's as much as I celebrate his yeses. And some of us don't understand. I wish we learned how to celebrate God in his nose because far too often, you know when we celebrate God with his nose, it's like a year or two years or 10 years later. When we look through the rear view mirror and we look behind us, I wonder, I wonder if we could start a culture where we celebrate and we shout God and just praise him for the no he gave us. Because sometimes we will never understand why he gave us the no. So I think on the, on the front side, we should just celebrate and thank God for his no's because he's a God who loves us and loves us too much just to give us yes to everything. Most of the time, I'm a good husband. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a good pastor. But if there's anything that I struggle with, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. And anything beyond this is from the evil one. Can I just tell you that this is one of the things that emotionally I struggle with. And when I say emotionally, because I have emotions that go behind my yeses and no's. And when I give way too many yeses and not enough no's or vice versa, and I'll just be honest, it's never vice versa. I give way too many yeses. It's amazing how the enemy can plague my mind with all sorts of things because of the amount of yeses. I will spread myself thin and because of no boundaries and because of no no's in my life, I can spread myself thin. Because you know what drives some of those lack of no's and all of the yeses? It's because I don't want to be a bad husband. I don't want to be a terrible pastor. I don't want to be a horrible son and tell my mom no. Mom, I don't like telling you no. She's probably watching at some point. But it's amazing the type of evil, Jesus says, that happens from not giving solid yeses, clear yeses, and clear no. It is amazing the type of things that could go on in our head because when we're saying nothing but yeses and we give, or half-hearted yeses, somebody says, hey, let me think of just something random here. Hey, uh, can you help me move? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on the inside, we're like, no. When we give those half yeses, or unlimited access with yeses. Or we give a no that's not clear and not solid. It is amazing 
how the lack of clarity in our yeses or no, the lack of boundaries that we live with, how it could begin to develop, what Jesus talks about, this food and this fodder for the enemy, where we could begin to develop bitterness and resentment toward people. And let's just be real, it's not necessarily their fault, it's us not giving the clarity of yes and no in our lives. It's not their fault unless they're the people that can't take no for an answer. Don't point, don't raise your hand, but do you know people who can't take no for an answer and they'll keep asking you, they'll keep inquiring or they'll keep rewarding it or they'll keep attaching. I'll give you a Walmart gift card if you, uh, if you do this. They have people that, that don't wanna take no or people that will just give a yes for you. Jesus is saying to live a healthy life, give clear yeses and clear noes. And let me tell you this, as a follower of Jesus, yeses and noes are always on the table, but this is the caveat, as long as they are clear. It's okay to be a Jesus follower and to give people a no, but make it clear. It's okay to say a yes, but make it clear because unclear boundaries they result in resentment, bitterness, and deception. And what does Jesus say at the end? Anything beyond that, anything beyond a clear yes or no is from the evil one. This becomes the place where Satan will begin to break people apart because all you've said yes is so many times that immediately you think that other people should say yes as much as you say yes. Then all of a sudden, when they're not saying yes at the rate that you're saying yes, you have this resentment. Why aren't they more like me? I wish they were more like me. I wish people were as giving. You see, see how the me begins to rise up as we live without boundaries and we expect others to live without boundaries and they were watching this emotional turmoil take place in the body of Christ. One of my favorite speakers and authors, period, her name is Lisa Turkist. And by the way, I'm proud that I spelled her name correctly in my notes here. I love what she says. It's for the sake of our sanity that we draw necessary boundaries. It's for the sake of stability that we stay consistent with those boundaries. And it's with a heart of humility that we maintain those boundaries, that maintaining those boundaries becomes a possibility. It's for the sake of our sanity that we draw necessary boundaries for stability to stay consistent with them and through humility, maintaining those boundaries. You see, we've got to learn this, that it's okay to say yes to opportunities. I wanna encourage you to be a yes person and a no person, but you have to be clear. But if you say yes to something, you need to know, is that my assignment? Is that really my assignment? because we can say yes to so many good things that we actually miss out on the great things that God has for us. A healthy Christ-centered life is our assignment. So let's just get practical. There's two things I want you to write down. They're not on the screens and they're not in your version notes. There's two things I want you to write down. I just want you to simply write this. Yes is a promise and no is not a problem. Just write that down on your phone, write that down on a piece of paper, write it down on your hand, don't wash your hands immediately, write that down somewhere, because I wanna help give someone freedom in the house today. Yes is a promise. In other words, when you make a yes to somebody, that's a boundary that you just put up that says, I will live in this parameter and I will follow through with my yes. But no is also not a problem. In other words, I have to be able to give a no and it's okay to say no. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow workaholics, it's okay to say no and have an open evening. I wanna give someone some freedom in the house today. It's okay to say no and leave time for you and your spouse to have a date night. 
Man, no one's listening today. It's okay to say no to your children because they can wait another time to purchase the thing that they really, really want in that moment. There we go. It's okay to say no because you don't have much time left. It's okay to say no because you're going through a struggle that week. It's okay to say no because you've overbooked yourself and you need to stop overbooking yourself. If you are burning out for Jesus, you're not burning out for Jesus, you're burning with pride. Say yes and say no. Be clear with your yes and be okay with your no. Well, what if I hurt everybody's feelings? That's going to happen because we have not had a society that has clear yeses or solid no's. So the question comes up, well, Pastor Dave, you big jerk, what are we supposed to say yes and no to? It's quite simply this. It's all about your mission and vision. Well, I've had people say, well, I learned my yeses and nos based upon whether it's going to hurt anybody's feelings or not. And if it doesn't hurt anybody, then it's all okay. I've known people that have made decisions that doesn't hurt anybody else, but it's harming their own souls. And just because it's not harming somebody on the outside doesn't mean it's harming somebody on the inside. That can't be your standard. Your standard of yes or no cannot be based upon your feelings or the feelings of others. And now granted, when I make my decisions, I do think about the feelings of other people, but other other people's feelings and my feelings do not dictate my yes or no. They can't. My no has to be solid and my yes has to be solid. And so therefore, yeses and nos, they are guided by mission and purpose. Well, Pastor Dave, I don't know if I have purpose. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Well, I've got purpose for you. It's found in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 through 31. What does Jesus say? Jesus boils down all that was expected to two things. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And number two, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't have mission and vision in life, I just gave them to you out of Mark chapter 12. And let your yeses and your noes flow out of that space. AJ AJ Soboda said this, for a Christian, a no should be spoken with discernment of what God has spoken yes over. And so my question is, what has God spoken yes over your life? It's your mission and vision. It's to love him and to love people. And so out of that, what has Jesus spoken yes to? Live in that place. What has God called you to live in that place? What has God purposed in your life? Some of you, you're discovering God's purpose that you love this way and you're loving this way, but God has begun to show you a certain niche in your life. You know what my niche is? To be a lead pastor and a professional rock climber. Not gonna happen. But my niche is to be a lead pastor. And so in my niche, in that moment, I have to learn how God is guiding my life in that. And if he said yes to that in my life, I needed to learn to live in that place and give my yeses guided by what he has called me to. Because Jesus knew how to say yes and he knew how to say no. One of the most prime examples, and we can we spend all morning on all of the examples of Jesus' yeses and nos. But one of the most prime examples was the cross. Jesus is on the cross and some theologians believe that the cross was not as tall as some of our passion plays have made the cross to be. The cross was actually shorter to the ground and close enough to the ground that people that can walk by can actually spit upon the individuals that are being tortured right in front of them. 
And so as we read the scriptures, we see that Jesus is on the cross and he's hanging there and people begin to mock him. People begin to call out to him. There are these people that are just saying, if you are really the son of God, save yourself. And Jesus in the moment could have said yes to it and really shown his power to those select few mocking him, but he said no, why? Because he wasn't gonna be be deterred by a handful of angry people. Some of us are making decisions by handfuls of angry people. And Jesus says no, why? Because there was a greater mission to say yes to. And you and I are part of that mission. So it says no to a moment because there is a greater yes in store. There's a bigger purpose in store. And the bigger purpose was more than a few people that were angry at him. So this week, I'm gonna challenge you. This is not one of those services where let's run to the altar, repent for yeses and noes. This is one of those services. You wanna know where the altar or the response is? The response happens when you go out into the parking lot. And maybe when you're trying to figure out where to go to lunch after service. And when you begin to put into practice your yeses and your noes, because if you can learn how to give a clear yes and an okay, like a a solid no that you're okay with, I promise you, you're gonna find life healthier. You're gonna find life more Christ-like. You're gonna find life that's gonna actually feed back into your life. And you're gonna find yourself in a place where you can breathe and be more emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually uh, strong in your life. So number one, next steps I want you to take this week. Number one, write this down. Healthy boundaries begin with understanding who you are. Healthy boundaries begin with you understanding who you are. Who are you in Jesus Christ? Who are you as a Christ follower? Because so many times we're saying yes to so many things because we're so busy trying to make decisions and letting our decisions decide who we are. But I'm here to tell you, that's the wrong way to live. When you find out who you are, your life, your decisions, your yeses and nos come out of that place. Know who you are. And if you're in a place where you have just lost your identity, you don't know who you are in this life, then you know what? Your first yes this morning doesn't need to be to me. It doesn't need to be yours to your spouse. doesn't need to be to a friend. Your first yes this morning needs to be to Jesus. Because if you will say yes to Jesus Christ this morning, you understand his love in a new way. Because when you learn how to, he loves you and you love him back, you understand this identity and all of a sudden it's out of that, the yeses begin to flow in a way that confirm, I love Jesus and I'm gonna love you in such a way that you're going to see that. So healthy boundaries begin with knowing who we are. And secondly, commit yourself to give clear yeses and nos. I believe that this, I'm, I'm hoping that today that the spirit of repentance would flow from this place today. The repentance that just simply says, I need to stop giving my yeses the way that I've always been giving them. One thing that I love about the woman that I married, this this week is 23 years she has put up with me. It's craziness, 23 years. Baby, they're clapping for you, not for me. But there are times that like on a Sunday evening or on a Monday, she will look at my schedule and she will look at her family's schedule and she will look at me and say, no more appointments this week or next week. You know what? She's not trying to control me or wrangle me. She loves me enough to say, your yeses are creating unhealthy patterns. And we have to get ourselves to the place where we commit to clear and healthy yeses and nos. I love this. Um, Three questions we should be asking ourselves before saying yes to one more thing. Look at this, this is so good. 
Am I trying to prove something? Am I trying to impress somebody? Have I thought through the cost of saying yes? What am I trying to prove to people? I'll confess, Dave Berenger has to prove that he's a hard worker. I come from a family of blue collar hard workers and if there's anything Berenger's will do is we will work ourselves so hard. But the problem is, is we are working hard to please and to prove to other things rather than to live in the approval of Jesus Christ. That's something that we have struggled with for generations and I wanna see that broken with my family, with my children. We don't live to prove something, we live for Jesus. Am I trying to impress somebody? Am I living for the likes? Am I living for that? And if I'm going to say yes, what's the cost? This is what Jesus is trying to get them to understand is he wants them to live in this healthy place that says, stop swearing by this or swearing by that. How about just being a people of commitment? But the only way to be a person of commitment is to think through the clear yes and the clear no and to live in that place. Because yes, if you say yes, it should be a promise because your promises prove your integrity and your integrity shows you're a follower of Jesus. But when it comes to a no, I just wanna give someone release in the house today. No is not a problem. Some of you need to write that down just for yourself today. Some of you need to put that on a note card and stick that on your refrigerator this week. No is not a problem. It's okay to say no. Because saying no to something now gives an open to the better yes ahead. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm done yakking today. If you're here today, and maybe you're in a place where your yeses and your noes are just kind of secondary in the moment because you've recognized that your identity Who you, see, who you think you are and who you say you are has only been connected with what you've done or what you've been doing or what you had been done. And maybe today you've recognized that your identity needs to be in Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're not in a faith journey with Jesus. You've never trusted Jesus with your life. Or maybe today you've just come to recognize that you have really wandered so far away from your faith in Jesus. And I'm here to say that this is your morning and I've come here just for you to give you an opportunity to put a trust in Jesus and to start a brand new journey of following him. Because when you have your identity, the decisions flow out of that. But for some reason, maybe you're here today and all of your decisions have driven your identity rather than coming from your identity and you're just done with that pattern and you're ready for a fresh start. And you're here and you just need a fresh start. You need, you've recognized your own sin. You've recognized your own wrongness and you just need Jesus to come in and to save you. And you need a fresh start if that's you. No one else is looking around. Would you just slip up a hand saying, Pastor Dave, that's me. I need a fresh start today. I need fresh start. I need purpose. And I just want to look around and always give opportunity for these moments. Thank you over here to my left. You can put that down, my friend. Thank you back here. Buddy, I've been praying for you all week. Is there anybody else? There's two people just need some fresh starts today. This is why we pray and this is why we prep. Anybody else? Just a few more seconds. A few more seconds. If you lift up your hands, for you two people, lift up your hands, would you just pray with me right now? And you can even use some of the words that I'm using here. Would you just simply say, Jesus, today I trust you with my life. Jesus, today I trust you with my sin. Today I trust you with my brokenness.
and I say yes to you. I say yes to you. So I ask that you would help me and you would guide me, that you would fill me with your love, that you would show me how to live, that now my decisions would no longer be lived out of what I had been or what who I, I, I had been identified with, but Lord, help me now to live my yeses and my noes, setting clear boundaries for a healthy life out of who I am in you. So Jesus, help me with my yeses and let me stay committed to them. And then help me with my noes and to be okay with them. Help my life to shine for you, to honor you. Lord, I thank you for these two. I pray blessings upon them. Help us as a church body to, to come alongside of them, to encourage them and to strengthen them. And Lord, I pray for everybody in the room or for those watching that maybe struggle with their yeses and noes. Lord, there may be people watching that struggle. They just say no to everything, maybe because they've been hurt. And I pray that right now that the healing presence of the Spirit of God would just begin to flow into hearts that sometimes the no's are just because of hurt. There are massive, they're, they're not boundaries, they are walls that have been put up because of hurt. Spirit of God, I ask that right now that you would begin to soothe the broken areas and hearts, emotions, mentalities, God. And Lord, I pray over those, Lord, I pray over those like me that struggle with so many yeses to help us to know when to say yes and how to say no and let all of them be driven by our mission and purpose to love you and to love others well. So guide us this week. Shape our yeses and our noes this week and help us to live lives that follow after you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's give God the glory for two people giving their lives to Jesus this morning.